You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Amen. Will you turn with me to the book of Leviticus? Leviticus chapter number 14. Leviticus chapter number 14. I want to say it's good to have all of you here, those in person, those watching live. God bless you so much for coming and being here today and being faithful to the house of the Lord. What a good day it is to come to, to God's house, amen? amen? Amen and amen. I'll tell you, from the very beginning, this service has just been, it's just been powerful. We've sensed and felt the presence of the Lord, and God is doing great things, and I'm excited about what God is going to do, and I'm excited about the future for Faith Worship Center. And you know, God is, desires to use a body. He desires to use people. And he can use those that are, have returned back to the foundation and allowing the Lord to work through them. There's still much work to be done in the kingdom. Amen. There's still much work to be done. And so uh, God is using those that will allow him to work through him. And we just appreciate the Lord so very much. Leviticus chapter number 14. We'll look at verses 1 through, I told you 1 through 9. Let's do 1 through 7. I won't never get to 8 and 9, but we'll read 8 and 9, we just won't go back. But let's read verses 1 through 9. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper, and the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look. And behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper. Then shall the priest command to take for him who is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. And he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave off all of his hair, and wash himself in water that he may be clean. And after that he shall come into the camp, and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. But it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave all of his hair off his head, and his beard, and his eyebrows, even all of his hair, and shall shave off, and he shall wash his clothes, and he shall wash in fresh water, and shall be clean. Leviticus 13 and 14 is a long, lengthy study that I've been looking at for a couple of weeks. I encourage you to go back and look at it, and I'm just going to kind of hit some high spots. But there's a lot in Leviticus 13 and 14. There's a picture of our sin, and there's also the picture of the mercy of God and his desire to cleanse the leper. The leper is a type of us. It's a type of the sinner, and the priest is Christ. Hebrews 4 and 14 says we have a great high priest, Jesus Christ, who has came out of heaven the Son of God. And so he is our great high priest. I want to say this, and I'll hush, and I'll let, I'll let you be seated. Some time ago, the Lord spoke to my heart, and again, I say that carefully. 
But Pastor Brian bear witness, and even the Lord spoke to his heart. But I told him, I said, the Lord spoke to my heart and said that we would be as a church that stood at the doorpost of hell to tell people, you don't got to go here. And this morning, one more time, I will stand at the doorpost, and I will tell you, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have to die and go to a devil's hell. The cleansing of the leper. Will you bow your head and will you help me pray? Father, I love you today. I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and your love. And I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we've already felt, that we've already sensed. I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would move upon every heart that is here today, God, in every life. And that you would do a work that only you're able to do. Open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and God, anoint my lips to, anoint, to, to put your word forth, God, because I know that if I put the word forth, it cannot and it will not return void. We're asking in the name of Jesus, Lord, for the miracle of the born-again experience today, and I'll be very careful to give you all of the praise, the glory, and honor. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. In the past couple of weeks, I have looked over and over thinking that I would be here sooner than what I am today, but I've been looking over the cleansing of the leper, the diagnosis of the leper, and the terrible malady that leprosy truly is. In the Levitical laws, the details are overwhelming concerning the inspection the purifying and the judgment on leprosy. And it is, it's easy to just read through chapter number 13 and you think, well, I didn't retain any of it when I read through it. When we look at uh, the, the leprosy and the cleansing, some of it is repeated over and over and over again. But the implication is there is that we don't just see a, a repetition over and over of the different phases of leprosy, but we also see the mercy of God and how that God will not, He refuses to give up on mankind. Aren't you glad God didn't give up on you? A better understanding of what Christ did for the leper in Luke chapter 5 comes when we study the malady, the terrible sickness of leprosy. And so we slow down a little bit and look at it. There's a Bible scholar that I read after, that I look after, and I'm even careful of who I read after. I don't, I'm not a big reader, but I, I like books that help me study. That's what I like. I want them to help me bring out the text, and I, 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 I'm very, very careful. If I don't know, don't bring me a book. If I don't know the author, I'm not going to read the book. I have to do some research first on the author. I want to know his foundation first. But there's a Bible scholar by the name of Williams that wrote in regards concerning the law of the leper. He says, the carnal mind finds the information given in Leviticus chapter 13 and 14 tiresome and uninteresting. But to the spiritual mind, it is humbling and comforting. The reader finds himself as a moral leper. And we are depicted as a moral leper in the hands of a tender, loving patient and wise heavenly priest we know as Jesus. The end result should be that the reader views himself as we are in a sin-sick condition and we also views God as he is, as he is and has left us in a place of mercy. Williams wrote, 
that it is important that we study and we look at Leviticus 13 and 14, and I've got to believe that also. Before we look at the law and in our text at the cleansing of the leper, I want to take you back to the identification process of the leper. And again, I've got to just jump and hit uh, some, some high spots here, but I want you to think about some things this morning. Leprosy in the Bible has always been a type of sin, and chapter number 13 helps us to understand why that leprosy is used as a type or a model of sin. Even if we go to Luke chapter number 5, I'm using that as an example because the leper came to Jesus and said, if you will, you can make me clean. It is a type of sin there. He asked if you will because the fact of the matter is if there was anything that, uh, that anybody avoided, it was the terrible plague of leprosy. It would make you stink. It would make you ugly. Uh, bulls would ooze out of your skin. In fact, you were cast out of the city and you were made by law to declare to everybody that got within so close to you, you had to begin to cry, unclean, 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 so that people would avoid you and begin to run away from you. In chapter number 13, leprosy being a sin, it should be studied and it should be understood uh, in this way as 13 uh, tells us and implies to us. I'm not going to read all 59 verses, of course, and we can't reference all of them back, but we are going to look at some things this morning, and I again, i got to encourage you to go back and look at it when you get time as we look at this morning at some basic information in chapter number 13. One of the first things that we see in chapter number 13 is that leprosy is giving us as the evidence of the type of why that we call it a sin. Though leprosy is a sickness and it is a disease, here's the thing that I want you to know. It is the only sickness and only disease that was not took to a physician. Leprosy had to go to the high priest. They took a leper to the high priest, not to a doctor, not to a physician. But concerning this awful malady of sin, they had to go to the priest. And I want you to know today, i got to bring this out as we hop and skip here just a little bit today. But but the world has remedies in regards to sin that is embedded in the hearts and lives of people today. When we look at the world and their interpreted of sin, they've come up with different remedies, uh, but all of them are in vain. I want you to know today, uh, though medicine may help cope with situations uh, and though different programs may help put a band-aid on things sometimes, there is still only one remedy for sin and that is as a a man as a woman we must go to Jesus because the world doesn't have the help for sin I have personally sat down and I've got to tell you this uh, there's some things that if it wouldn't have done more harm I, I have personally sat down and people tell me the remedies that a psychologist uh, or a therapist have given them I've heard everything from counting to ten to one backwards uh, I've heard things like getting a rubber ball and squeezing it for your anger problem uh, I've heard all kinds of different situations uh, the world uh, had the advice of the therapist the doctors uh, the effects of medicine, the teaching of self-help, they have produced all of this. And I want to tell you this morning, some of them have their place in the right situation and in the right time. But none of them have their place when it comes to identifying sin and giving you a remedy for help over sin. None of them. 
They don't have their place there. That's the place of Jesus Christ. Today, and I want you to hear what I'm about to say, and i got to move on. But today, with all of our technology, and with all of the world's new ideas, and with all of the world's new thoughts, today, March 2021, from the beginning of time all the way to this hour, there is still only one remedy for sin that plagues the heart of man. And that is what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary. There's one event. There's one covering. There is one answer. And that is the cross of Jesus Christ. As the old song says, and I'll move on, What can wash away my sins? Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Can I just stop and say today, I don't know how old you are in here today. I don't know if you're sitting here, listen, uh, gentlemen, uh, ladies, young men, young women, teenagers, all the way, and I don't mean this disrespectful, but all the way to the gray heads. Bible says gray heads speaks of wisdom. I want you to know, I don't care if you're a male, if you're a female. I don't care if you're young or if you're old. The fact of the matter is, there's not a single person here today that can tell me the day that they're going to take their last breath, nor the moment that they're going to take their last breath. The only thing you need to worry about at that point it's not how much money you have in the bank account not what kind of car you drive not where you live uh, not what's going to happen tomorrow not your job the number one concern on your mind ought to be am I ready to meet Jesus Christ Uh, have my sins been covered by the blood of the Lamb Uh, listen to me this morning Uh, I'm trying to uh, to pour my heart out Uh, there is one answer for sin and that is Jesus Christ We learn that leprosy comes in different forms. Watch this. From the process of bulls, there's also the rising of the skin. There's also the scab. There's also a bright spot. There's also the oozing bulls. There is different stages of leprosy. And the priest had to begin to monitor and examine and investigate all of them. I said that to say this. This morning when we look... Not all leprosy looks the same. Not all leprosy will have the same po- uh, have the same form. I want to tell you this morning. Uh, not all sin looks the same. Not all sin is uncovered uh, in your heart. Uh, not all sin is exposed to those that are around you. Uh, but rest assured, sin. We're quick to judge sin. Oh, his sin is worse than my sin. Listen, uh, sin is sin. All sin separates from God because God hates sin there's different stages if leprosy wasn't cleansed leprosy will get worse listen if leprosy is not cleansed leprosy will get worse we learn there's no cure for leprosy that's why they wouldn't took to a physician. They wouldn't took to a doctor. They were cast out of the camp. And they were made to cry unclean, unclean until the day that they died. And then they were dragged off and there were careful instructions for that. Leprosy doesn't get better. Leprosy get worse. Leprosy a type of sin. I want you to know, you may think it's just a little detail in your life. You may think it's no big deal. But your sin is not going to get better. Sin will only get worse. Sin will take you farther 
farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and they'll cost you more than you ever want to pay. Sin will cost you your family. Sin will cost you your mind. Sin will cost you your finances. And ultimately, sin will cost you your soul. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. Sin can't be ignored. Sin cannot be tolerated. And sin cannot be accepted in any shape or any form. We see it in our nation today. And I'll be kind, but I, I, I want to tell you my heart bleeds for our nation, for America. America began to call good what God said was evil. And then people begin to jump on and accept it. And we, we, you, what has happened now in America as we have entered a great downward spiral. We are in a great downward spiral. I'm thankful today, and i got to say this, and I don't mean this unkind, but uh, the Lord uses things in different ways. Uh, I believe in, uh, that we ought to pray for the president no matter who he is. Am I for the Biden administration? I'm going to be a little political. How can I be? How can I be for an administration that goes against the, the oracles and the statutes of the Bible? I want you to know I'm proud to be an American, but I'm a believer before. I'm an American and anything that infringes on this I'll take a second seat and say no sir, no ma'am I will stand on thus saith the Lord before I stand on anything else but what we're watching is Biden deserves our prayers we ought to pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would convict him and open his eyes up to what he's doing and what he's allowing when we start allowing abortion and these different things and, and, and start grasping a hold of gender identity and these gross sins uh, we are entered into a downward spiral but I want you to know I'm thankful for states like Arkansas that has stood and took a strong stand against abortion and these things uh, I'm seeing people jump up and take a stand and as a believer we need to follow suit and make a stand for the word of God God hates sin and sin separates us from God inspections were done by the priest I want you to listen to what I'm about to say and if you look in Luke 13 you'll, you'll see it the smallest speck of leprosy. The smallest speck was deemed unclean. The smallest speck. Well, his sin's bigger than mine. Okay, well, let's say your sin's smaller. It's just a speck. Still leprosy. The smallest speck was identified and it was re the person was rejected as unclean. We learned this, that the priest was the one that inspected and he called leprosy, identified it. When it comes to identifying sin, I'm going to say this, I'm going to be a little straightforward this morning. When it comes to identifying sin, when it comes to the Word of God, we identify sin, the Word of God is what we go to. I want you to understand something, the Bible is what has identified sin. I don't mean this unkind, but my opinion, it doesn't matter. Your opinion, it doesn't matter. 
the world's opinion, it doesn't matter. God is not going to go with the popular opinion. The Lord is looking and He's held accountable to His Word. The Word of God identifies sin. And we need to understand that. We, I want to add this. Uh, there is a spirit today, and I sensed this when I was getting ready for this service. A spirit today that desires uh, to hinder the preaching against certain sins. We've had preachers to go, give me a little monitor, you'll probably have to turn me up and down, I'm sorry. We've had preachers on national television that said, I refuse to talk about sin because that's not what the people want to hear. I've refused to preach about sin because people, that well, they don't want to hear that. They want to hear something that makes them feel good. They've been asked point blank, do you call homosexuality a sin? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I just soon do not talk. Over and over and over again. I want you to know there is a spirit that is trying to oppress true spirit-filled believers and preachers and teachers. Preachers, teachers, listen to what I'm about to say. But it's trying to oppress us to get us to not call out sin for what it is. I will be the first to tell you, and if I have to call you back and have a talk with you, I'm going to do it, that our delivery matters 100%. Our character makes all the difference in the world. If you can't soak your message with love and make people understand that you love them regardless of how they're living or what they're involved in, then you don't need to say it because you're going to do more harm than what you're going to do good. But when you've spent your time in prayer and soaked it in prayer with all boldness. I want you to know if the Bible calls it sin, it's a sin. I don't care what the opinion of the world is uh, or the government or my best friend. Homosexuality is a sin. Uh, alcohol, drunkenness, it's a sin. Uh, lying is a sin. Adultery, fornication, it's still a sin. And sin will separate us from God. It'll separate us. We don't need to back up from preaching the truth. Now, there's some that don't agree. I've had people say, well, I don't agree with it. That's okay, because you just put me completely out of the picture. If you don't agree with what I just said, your argument's not with me. Your argument's with the Bible. So I'll leave you in the Bible alone. Y'all can do whatever you want to do to hatch it out. You're not going to get very far with the Lord. If I recall right, he's never made a mistake yet, and he didn't make a mistake when the Bible was written. And so, it's between you and me. Don't hate me because I repeated what God said. Is that okay? Everybody still love me? Got to love me to go to heaven. All right. We learned this. Leprosy in an active stage is oozing and it's gross. It's nasty. It stinks. It's not a pretty picture no matter how you do it. I said that to say this. I don't care how we try to paint sin up or accept it. In the eyes and in the nostrils of God, it's gross and it stinks. It's not to be accepted by the believer. We, we separate the sinner from the sin. I'll love you with the love of Christ, but that doesn't mean that I love all that you're involved in. I separate you. Because you have a soul. Leprosy could scab. Leprosy could turn white all over. Leprosy could come to the point where it's not active. And the priest could see a scab or see a person white all over. And he could literally deem them clean. Because leprosy was no longer active in them. 
I want you to know this morning that if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, that sin is active because we were born with a sin nature. Sin is active in our life and it continues to produce more and more sin. But even though your life may have been scarred by sin, if you say yes to Jesus, you are baptized into the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, and sin is no longer active in your life. He is able to break the power of sin. He is able to shut off the valve that produces sin and cause sin to be no longer active in your life. Listen, uh, we either yield ourselves uh, to sin and death, or we will yield our members to righteousness and life. Uh, Listen, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body because you're not under law. You are under grace. So we should yield ourselves. Sin, the sin of leprosy can be where it's no longer active. Here's something that I want you to, to see. Jesus, the great high priest, They told me not to come down here no more. I'm losing. Camera. Come here, Brother Blake. The priest would take the leper and he would inspect him completely, totally. If he saw one speck, he didn't just say, you're unclean. Here's what he did. He took him and he set him down. He shut him up for seven days. When seven days was up, he waited for his seven days and he come back. He said, I'm going to check him again. He looks him over all the way around. He found a speck of leprosy of sin. He took him and he shut him up for seven days. He waited for seven days. Why seven days? Well, we're going to see it over and over with the number of seven. It's for a complete and finished work. Again, I told you, the priest could not tolerate one speck of sin. So what he is doing is for a, he's looking for a complete washing. He's looking for him to be made whole. After seven days, he'd come and get him. And he would go and he would inspect him again. He found a speck of sin, he'd take him back. You say, well, I'm getting sick and tired of that, being going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I want you to know this morning, this is a picture of us. Aren't you glad the priest didn't give up on you? He found something, but he didn't throw you out of the camp yet. He put you away for a little while, but then he came back and got you. And he looked again, and then he looked again, and then he looked again, and then he looked again. He's not trying to deem you unclean if he was doing that he would have cast you out the first time what he's trying to do is to pass a judgment of clean over your life so he keeps checking thank you thank you brother Blake seven days after seven days and after seven days he keeps on looking because he's looking for a complete and a finished work We keep our sin nature in check also because our sin nature is not supposed to continue uh, to produce any more sin. How do I keep my sin nature in check? Well, I don't still have a sin nature. Yes, you do. John said if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the, and the, the Father is not in us. The truth is not in us. Listen, we still have a sin nature, but the sin nature is dormant. We are here. Sin nature is here so that we would continue to be dependent upon what Jesus has done for 
for me on the cross of Calvary. The very fact that He keeps inspecting my life over and over and over again causes me to want to place my faith in Jesus and what He did for me on the cross of Calvary. I may be living holy this morning, but listen, I don't want Him to find nothing on Monday. I don't want Him to find nothing on Tuesday. I don't want Him to find nothing on Wednesday all the way through Saturday when He comes back. I want Him to say, clean, clean, clean. Leprosy. We learned this. Has a potential of becoming active again. It has a potential of becoming active again. Some say once you're saved, you're always saved. You can live how you want to live. I got to borrow what my dad said and say that's all right to live by. But I sure wouldn't want to die by it. And one of the things I wouldn't want to die by it is, is because that is so far from the biblical truth that it's, let me tell you how far it is. It's not even in there. Not even there. Now we are, Jesus didn't save you so he could throw you back outside of the camp. He wants to dwell with you. Well, I don't know if I can live for God. To say I don't know that I can live for God is to say, Jesus, the help of the Holy Spirit that you provided to help me is not enough. Anybody and everybody can live for the Lord because he provided everything we need to live for him. The only thing he didn't give you was a logical excuse. That's all he didn't give. Now, the priest, because it could be active again, According to the law, he had to pronounce you unclean. But here's the great truth about that. If he could be active again, he could also pronounce you clean again. So I say to you this morning, I don't know. I mean, we can, we, I believe that there's a lot of people not living for the Lord that's hiding in the church. Everybody's thinking, well, who? Well, who? Now, our minds shouldn't go there. Listen. I don't know what your relationship is with the Lord. Maybe you had an active relationship with God, but now you're just kind of filling space in the chair. I thank God that you're there. But I would this morning that you would once again place your faith back in Jesus because, listen, if you have fallen, if you have messed up, if you have blew it, and you know that you're unclean, our heavenly priest can pronounce you clean again. He hadn't give up on you yet. He hadn't give up on you. When one is pronounced unclean, he was cast out of the camp to dwell alone. Without God, you are alone. Because you can't depend upon relationships in this world. Without God, you are alone. All of us have a void deep down in our heart that only God can fill. And if that void is not filled, there will always be a loneliness feeling in our heart. Without God, we are alone. Here's the process. Watch this. His clothes were rent. They were ripped. The reason his clothes was ripped is because his clothes was not sufficient to cover up the oozing of the bulls. I'm not boring you, am I? It wasn't sufficient to cover up the oozing of the bulls. It doesn't matter what kind of clothes he had. It made no difference. They couldn't cover up the oozing of the... You couldn't put enough clothes on and walk back into the camp and, and, and pretend like you were clean. Because the priest knew. And he would cast you back out of the camp 
and two, you were made clean. I said that to say this. The leper was not the first one to try to cover up their sin with something besides the blood of Jesus. Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves together. God said your fig leaves won't work. So he made them coats out of the skins of animal, shedding blood to cover their sin. Listen, their clothes won't work. Fig leaves won't work. Because you're a good person won't work. Because you're so-and-so won't work. You must come into the presence of God by the blood of Jesus. When one, the process, he rent his clothes. After he rent his clothes, his head was shaved. Why was his head shaved? His hair was a type of covering between him and the Lord. His head was shaved because it was a type of there was nothing between him and the judgment of God. Listen, we stand bare and naked before the Lord. There's nothing between us and judgment. I preached it a few weeks ago, and I'm just going to say it and go on by. But in regards to sin... We either take our judgment now at the foot of the cross or we will take it at the great white throne and there you don't want to be. No believer will stand at the great white throne. We take our judgment now. I recognize my sins now and I ask God to forgive them and he is just and faithful to forgive me. After the head was shaved, watch this, the garment. The garment was burned. The garment was very significant in Bible days. It was the outside covering. If I went to the blind man in the New Testament, that Lane talked about Sunday night, he sat beside the dirt road, and he said, Jesus, thou son of David, help me. They told him to hush. He cried the louder. Jesus, thou son of David. The thing that blind man had was his garment. And I've preached this before. I don't mean to re-preach everything. His garment was shade from the sun. It was warmth at night. It was covering. It was the way that he fought off predators. It was also what he laid out. And he was blind. So he didn't know where people were throwing their money when he begged. So he laid his garment out. People threw the money on the garment. And he gathered that garment up. His garment was everything that he needed that pertained to his life. It was like that all the way through the Bible. The garment was important. The Bible said the leper took his clothes off. And then he said, I want you to get rid of the garment. Why did he get rid of the garment? Because it's like this. A sinner... When you come to Jesus and accept the Lord as your Savior, everything that pertains to your life will change. How many in here got saved and you don't got the same friends that you have? How many would witness and say this? I didn't run them off. I still love them. I still consider them friends. But for some reason, they just don't want to come over no more. Everything that pertains. Listen. The way, I can't go on in the Luke 14 a little further than what I want to, but the way we walk will change. The way we talk, it will change. The places we go, it will change. The things that we do, it'll change. Why? Because I have a new desire. Everything that pertains to life has got to change. When Jesus, by faith, somebody is buried and raised up as a new man, he will never raise up what he has buried. So everything changes. 
Sin affects every area of our life, and so everything has to be changed. The Bible says, I don't know if I give it to you, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 17. You don't have to go there if I didn't give it to you. But it tells us to come out from among them and be ye separate. Be ye a separate people. The separation there, everybody is worried about separating from the world. Listen, if you'll just separate yourself to God, you won't have to worry about separating from the world. Because God will never lead you back into the world. That separation is not just from the world, it's to God first. And when we separate to God, we will see things of the world begin to change. There's those that think, I'm born again, but I continue to live like the world. I can, because of grace, because of mercy, listen, if you see the awful malady of leprosy, your desire will be to separate from that awful plague and to separate yourself to God. I want to say this, I'm going to look back at our text very briefly. In chapter number 13, and I did a count, and I may have missed some. In chapter number 13 of Leviticus, there's 59 verses in that chapter. There's some 24 to 26 times, 24, 25 times, that the Scripture says, and the priest went and looked, and the priest came to see, and the priest came to inspect. 24 times. (laughs) Let me tell you something. He's not trying to cut you out of the kingdom. He is spending so much time just coming and looking and coming and inspecting, coming and checking and again and again and again and again. He's not trying to disbar you. He's trying to pronounce you clean. Think about Saul, with marching papers in his hand, on his way to Damascus to kill and persecute Christians. On the road to Damascus, he's walking down through there. Had all the right, the legal authority to kill and to do whatever he wanted to Christians. And all of a sudden, the Lord shined down on him with a great light. He was blinded. Those that were around him were blind. They didn't even hear anything. And he said, Saul, Saul, why do you kick against the pricks? And Saul says, what? What do you have me to do, Lord? What do you have me to do, Lord? He was saved right then. He recognized him as Lord. Do you know what happened spiritually? There was something on that walk to Damascus. The Holy Spirit was walking with Saul, right along with him. And he was saying, you shouldn't be going. You shouldn't be going. You shouldn't be going. You ought to surrender to God. You ought to surrender your heart to the Lord. And all of a sudden, something in Saul's heart turned to the Lord. And as soon as it did, Paul would write later, I was apprehended. It meant that the Holy Spirit immediately took him, grabbed him up, arrested him, and set him on a different ground. You know what the Holy Spirit is doing to those that has not yet accepted Jesus? Oh, He's walking with you to work. He's going to go home with you today because I'm asking Him to. Uh, He's dealing with you on the job. You wake up at night thinking about Him. And He's saying you ought to just surrender to the Lord. You ought to go ahead and surrender to the Lord. Uh, He's not give up on you. He's not thrown you away. He's not cast you out of the camp. He is waiting patiently, looking and inspecting and waiting for the moment that He can arrest you. 
Don't tell me God don't love you. <laughs> you know nothing about God if you think God don't love you. Now, chapter 14, I'll hurry. Look at verses 1 through 3. Again, it's over and over, but we're looking at we're looking at the plague of leprosy of sin. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of the cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, not a doctor, to the priest. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper. I want you to know this morning that our heavenly high priest, when we was cast out of the camp, when we was, our relationship with God was broken and we were cast out. Well, I'm cast out. Listen, guess where he goes? He steps out of the camp. I got to go out of the camp for just a little bit because I'm going to inspect some lepers and I'm going to see if there be one there that will let me make them clean. Jesus stepped out of heaven for us. Oh, Jesus stepped out of heaven for us. He came when we couldn't get to him. He came to this dusty earth. He lived for 33 and a half years. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. He was spit upon. His beard was plucked. He was cast away. He was rejected by his own people. He was accepted by those that wouldn't even look for him. They took him. They made a spectacle out of him. They took him before all of the people. They made fun of him. They stripped him of his garment. They beat him 39 stripes. They plucked his beard. They even put a crown of thorns upon him. They put a cross on his back. They made him go to Galtheoth's hill. They crucified him. They raised him up to be killed in front of the all of the people. I want you to know he did that for you this morning. He came into our camp. He came out of the heavenly camp. And he came into the camp of sin and said, I'm here. And I might find somebody I can de declare clean one more time. My goodness, somebody ought to get excited. Uh, I remember being unclean. Uh, and I remember the moment that Jesus said, justified, uh, not guilty, declared clean before all of heaven. Jesus came. Verse number four. I try to find my notes. This may not be yielded. Verse number four. And I'm hurrying. Then shall the priest command to take for him that is cleansed two birds. Watch this. There's two birds. They got to be clean. A cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. Verse number four, here's what you need to know. We've told you, and we're going to be teaching it in the foundation class, that the Bible, my clip came undone, keeps pulling my wire. That's why I keep doing that. The Bible is the story of what Jesus would do on the cross of Calvary. It never changes. And our faith must forever rest upon his finished work in order for the power of the Holy Spirit to work in us. Now watch this. The cedar wood here is, the cross, is a type of the cross. The scarlet, and scarlet literally means a red uh, fiber that is stained, that cannot be, cannot be faded in any form, shape, or our fashion. The scarlet is a type of the blood of Jesus, and the hyssop represents his humanity. Now, I don't want to take away from the cross or the blood, of course, but I don't want to overlook his humanity. Do you understand in order for us to have salvation, it took another man to take our place? So Jesus took on the likeness of man because, church, 
There was no other way. There was no other way. He was all God, but he was all man. His human, he was my human representative. And he took my place. He was my substitution. Sin was conceived in the flesh. Therefore, sin had to be condemned in the flesh. Verse number five. The earthly vessel. The priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthly vessel over running water. They took the bird. They put him in an earthly vessel or a big, I'm going to just say a big bowl, big vase. They put him in there. Water had to be running. The running water here, and we'll see it in just a minute in Ephesians 5, but the running water here is a type of the Word of God. It was a type. Everything had to be in order uh, according to the Word of God. He took the bird and put it in that earthly vessel. The earthly vessel is a type, again, of the humanity of Jesus. Everything was done when Jesus stepped out and became our representative. And then they killed that bird inside the earthly vessel with the water running over it. So we have the humanity of Christ, the blood being shed, all done according to the Word of God. Everybody with me? Verse number 6. As for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedar wood, the scarlet, the hyssop, shall dip them in the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. So they took the living bird, they took the cedar wood, they took the scarlet, put them all together, and the hyssop, and they dipped them, the living bird also, into the blood and water inside the earthly vessel that had already been killed. They dipped them. When they brought all of them out, the scarlet thread, the, the wood, the hyssop, and the bird was all covered with blood. You get the picture? I was going to do a true live illustration, but I thought I would probably panic a few people by killing a bird. And, okay. Verse number seven. He shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose to the open field. He took everything, held the bird, took everything that was done, sprinkled it over the leper. Then he took the living bird and he went. What had happened was the blood, the scarlet wood, the cross, was the cleansing. And the living bird that was covered by that same cleansing was let go as a type of the resurrection. Because once you're cleansed, you're raised in the newness of life. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> His death was my death. His burial was my burial. His resurrection was my resurrection. All done by what Jesus had done on the cross of Calvary. All of this is a picture and a type of what Jesus done on the cross. And by my faith, though I was an outcast, I was a shameful leper. I stunk in the nostrils of God. All plagued by sin. By my faith and simple faith, we can all be brought nigh by the blood of Jesus and what He did for us on the cross of Calvary. By faith, I'm baptized in Jesus. By faith, I'm buried with Him. By faith, I'm raised up in the newness of life. And by faith, I shall one of these days live in glory forever and forever with the One that shed His blood and died for me. By faith. Because there's only one remedy. I want to say this, and I'm going to hush. Brother Jeff, would you come?
There's two examples that I want to remind you of. One is Naaman. Naaman was a man of war, man of valor. Naaman was a man that was a full of pride. He wasn't a godly man. The Bible says, give all of his attributes, and then it says, but he was a leper. In other words, it don't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter what your position is in the world. If you're a leper, all of that is in vain. If you were to gain the world and lose your soul, then we've gained nothing. Naaman was a leper, but he had a maid living in his house. I want you to think about this. And the maid said, I know somebody. I know somebody. And if you will go to him, he can heal you of your leprosy. Well, who do you know? His name's Elijah. He's a man of God. So Naaman goes. He stands before the man of God. And the man of God, he didn't get to come before him. The man of God's servants, Gehazi, went out. Naaman said, I come to see. Why should because I have leprosy? Servant came back in and said, Naaman's out there. He's got leprosy. He said, you go tell him to dip in the Jordan River seven times. Remember the number seven? He inspected seven. And seven days and seven days because that's God's number for completion. He created man on the sixth and on the seventh day, he rested. It's God's number for completion. Finished work. Gehazi comes back out and said, Naaman, go down there to the muddy Jordan River, dip in it seven times. When you come up, you'll be clean. Naaman was mad. He was angry. He wasn't mad because he was going to be healed. He wasn't mad because he was going to be clean. He said, I thought for sure he would come out here himself and say something or do something over me and I would just be made clean. He was full of pride. Because that's what self will do to you. And he was full of pride. And Gehazi, he's not coming out. Going down there to the river though and dip. And you'll be clean. Naaman says there's so many. Every river in this region is cleaner than Jordan. He just goes on and on in a rant. You ever got one of them times? That, never mind, you don't have to answer that. Why not any other river? But he goes down to the Jordan River. And he dips. And on the seventh time, he came up clean. I want you to know, that is a perfect picture. There's nobody in here today. Listen to what I'm about to say. If I put ourselves in the place of Naaman, there's nobody in here today that would be mad if our sins were taken away. You're not going to be mad if you go to heaven. That ain't what you got a problem with. We don't got a problem with a robe and a crown that's made just for us. We don't got a problem with living in eternity. We don't have a problem with being with Jesus. We don't got a problem with none of this. You know what man has a problem with? Naaman had a problem with the way. 
And man has got a problem with the way. That's why, Brother Joe, they want to come up with so many other ways that they can be saved. See, man don't want to surrender her heart to the Lord. Man don't want to confess, I'm a sinner. Man don't want, because pride is built up. Man don't want to say, Jesus, I need you. We've got a problem, Brother Charles, with the way. We don't got a problem with the benefits of it. Everybody wants to go, but I want to tell you this morning, you can't go unless we go by the way of the Lord. And the next thing I want to say, and I'm going to let them go ahead and sing. There was a man in Luke chapter 5 came to the Lord and I brought it up. He said, Lord, if you will, if you will, if you will, you can make me clean. No doubt. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And you know what Jesus said? Ha <laughs> I will. Be thou made clean. And he touched him. And he was made free of his, that terrible malady of, of, of the leprosy. He told him to go and tell nobody, but he just couldn't contain it. And he went and told everybody he knew. Let me tell you what Jesus didn't do. Jesus didn't, when the, when the leper came to him and said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus didn't go, well, I don't know. You know, well, who are you? He didn't ask him who he was. He didn't ask him his background. He didn't ask him where he'd been. He didn't interview him and say, well, you ever done drugs? Uh, he didn't ask him you ever had homosexual tendencies. Uh, he didn't ask him if you ever had a bad thought. Uh, he didn't say you ever drank alcohol. Well, I don't know. Uh, you ever been in a false religion? Well, I don't know. Jesus did not care one iota about his past. Uh, he said, I will be made clean today. I want you to know this morning, and I hope that there are those watching live also, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care what you've done. If you're wondering this morning if Jesus will make you clean, His answer is, I will. I will. I will cleanse the drunkard. I will make whole the drug addict. I will change the adulterer. I will change the lying tongue. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. Jesus said, I will make you clean today. And that's his answer for you. Doesn't matter. Today's a new day. Today's a new start. To all of those that will place faith in Jesus and what he did on the, on the cross of Calvary. He's not here to interview you. He's not trying to pronounce you unclean. He's trying to pronounce you clean. The very fact that you're still here is a perfect picture of the mercy of God and the fact that he's not let go and he's not give up on you yet. He's not trying to cast you out. He's trying to bring you back into camp. He's trying to bring you back in. If you're wondering... His answer is, I will. If you are blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.